on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Entrepreneurship to me is about freedom. And yeah. sometimes yeah. it's not just the freedom to make a buck. It's the freedom to maybe take your kids to school, right? And time is, is really at the end of the day, all we have, we can create comfort from the money and the money is a byproduct and a, and a great byproduct at that. Um, yep. But I think valuing the time and then just understanding and really having an appreciation, an attitude of gratitude, right? You're just always really thankful, staying humble, staying thankful for what you got and understanding the time and, uh, you know, those, those hangs together. That's a real crystallized moment in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're always really thankful around the Barkman household just for the time that we get together. So you are listening to gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the King that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Keith Barkman on the King stage. My brother, my bearded brother from another mother. How are you? Chilling. How you doing, Chaz? Great to be on today. Yeah, dude. I appreciate you being here and um, just the ability to to be able to be in like-mindedness. I know you said you listened to a couple of the shows. You've already gotten quite a bit of benefit from other guests or, or yeah, that we've had on the show. And now you get to now you get to give back yourself, man. I just love the circle, man. It just keeps giving, right? Absolutely. It's an honor and a privilege, man. Thanks for having me on. 100%. Well, tell us what kind of business that you have. We'll get started. Yeah, absolutely. So my company Sound Management Group and we provide turnkey solutions to noise control in buildings. So what we do is we assess client space or a project development. We design a solution with product service in mind. We manufacture a host of products, including acoustical treatments, soundproofing materials. And we have a really amazing sound masking system that we develop. Everything's built here in the USA nice. for speech privacy, work, workspace optimization. And to bring it all home, we oversee the installation, the delivery, and the implementation of these. And then we measure the results. So we have a few offices nationwide. We've been working internationally on a few projects. And yeah, we're, we're the noise You're boys. You're killing it, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. We're really, we're really blessed. So. Well, I can think of two people that need you immediately myself. I'm in my studio, as you can see, but my studio is in my house, which I love. I love that I can pop outside and see the kiddos. No doubt. But I can still, I can still hear them little guys. That's why I got the big expensive mic so that uh, even if I can hear them, you can't, but we might need your soundproofing. But, but more than that, I, I had some space a couple of years ago in like a co-working WeWork sure. space. Yeah. And those places suck for sound. Yeah, glass they, everywhere. It looks cool, but sounds terrible, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Typically, what architecturally looks great doesn't do too much for us sound wise, or it does a little too much, right? You know, sometimes right. you get into some of those rooms, they look awesome, but they sound like an echo chamber. And that's right. You know, if if it 
sometimes it's a little too much to be in a meeting for three hours in one of those rooms. That sounds kind of like a fishbowl. So hopefully yeah. uh, if we're doing our job the right way, we can kind of come in and come up with a solution, something that looks great, sounds great. And, you know, delivers just a much more comfortable working and living environment. So, yeah. and we do split, you know, a lot of the work between residential, commercial government work. So yeah, it's been, it's been really a, a great journey. So um, that's cool. Have you seen through COVID and just the transition of more, of the co-working space and or even people working from home have you seen like a, a spike in those in those areas yeah well so it's interesting you asked that so there's a couple things right you have the working from home environment where everyone's office kind of you know maybe was the kitchen table right and you had right. folks who who normally weren't working from home they were kind of trying to manage zooms while they were also teaching their kids and and right. you know that that posed its own challenges and then you have the return to office right so right. you 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 now have folks who are used to maybe a serene or a little less chaotic environment as they're coming back into the office they're realizing you know, Janet and HR can hear all of my conversations or maybe even worse, I can hear all of Janet's conversations in HR yeah. or the yeah. C-suite can kind of overhear, right? And so some yeah. of these issues that maybe were ignored before or kind of put on the back burner, now they're kind yeah. of coming to light because there there's a little bit of a difference in environments. So yeah. we've, we, we, we like to kind of each, each project you know, provides its own, you know, you know, kind of home for different solutions. So we like to kind yeah. of come in with open eyes on each project and hopefully yeah. come up with something that is usable, looks good and sounds good for the end user. That's awesome. It, all I could think about was, you know, years ago when I was in sales and in phone sales mm -hmm. and, you know, and then eventually a sales manager in that environment. And, you know, we, I, you know, I had 10, 15, you know, super loud salespeople. We were in cubicles. We had music playing, people cheering, me, you know, meetings going on. It was totally the Wolf of Wall Street environment, oh, yeah. just crazy. And I'd have the new guy inevitably come out who probably is similar to a guy right now returning to an office after being home by himself oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, going, Hey, can you turn, can you turn it? Can you turn it down? I'm like, what? Nah, I ain't turning it down, man. Just sit down and close the deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, man. You know, we, we actually just did a, a, a law office, you know, my, my office is in Southern California. We just did a law, law office and you know, they're, they're, you know, going over case files and right. it's very quiet and it's very diligent yes. kind of task related focus yeah. work. Right. And, and on the other side, the shared wall, this used to be two suites that were, were, were in the same office. Right. Okay. Okay. And they built this kind of like really kind of questionable pony wall in between. And the other side was this wolf of wall street. You know, it's this corporate recruiter and every, yeah. every morning they're like, what's up? Be like, and they're playing music. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. And we're getting hyped, you know? And so trying to, trying to have these, both of these environments work at the same time and kind of create a little symbiosis and not, and not have to say, well, you guys can't have your meeting anymore, or you That's just right. can't do focus work. Uh, we ended up coming up with a solution that was both, you know, sound absorption, uh, soundproofing materials, reinforcing that wall. And then we, we, uh, we used sound masking on the, on the, on the law side, just to kind of, just so we weren't fighting against uh, like the library effect in that office. Yeah, right, if it right, was right. so quiet that you could hear a pin drop, you know, we, we needed a kind of a hybrid solution. So we yeah. were really happy to be able to offer that to the end users. So that's incredible. Well, I, I think if anybody across the country has a, has an office with that type of environment or, or problem, <clears throat> I mean, 
I, I can't imagine that there are many guys like you with an expertise like you do. So it's incredible that you offer that. Again, I just go back to those environments and inevitably the new guy is sitting right next to the speaker and he's freaking out and you get really good eventually just to realize, look, Hey, just tell them it's a birthday party. You know, like they're like on the other end of the phone, what is going on over there? Oh, yep. it's Susan's birthday. They're cheer. Oh, they're over there cheering. And most people on the other end go, Oh, that's great. Tell Susan had birthday. And you just keep going with the conversation, right? <laughs> right. It could be created. It develops this little touch point. That's awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's all about like, okay, here, here's a, here's a little vulnerability for the listener. I had a podcast before you, right? You knew that, but not mm-hmm. until I text you, I text you on accident thinking I was texting him. <laughs> Right. Hey, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciated it. Here's some information on the mastermind group. Our family cruise is coming up. Here you go. And, uh, and you're like, yeah, man, look, I'll, I'll be on the show here a couple minutes. <laughs> like, oh crap. I was like, this guy's on it, man. I'm getting these, I'm getting follow-up texts before the call starts this before the call. Right. But, but <laughs> to your point, it created an opportunity where now we have something to laugh about where it, it's not really that big of a deal. Of course. And now we have a story to tell, you know, mm-hmm. of course, man, definitely. All right. So I want to know, I want to know, this is a new question because I told you I'm going to sprinkle in a couple. I want to know who inspires you. Oh man. Oh, this is great. I have so many, I, I have, this is, this is great. This is, there are so many points of inspiration that I, I can really draw from. I, I, I really would have to say my heroes kind of walk among me, you know, it's, it's, it's my, my family, my wife, luckily my in-laws. I mean, I am just surrounded by a great family, a great network and support system. And uh, my friends too, you know, you, you, you know, I've heard it said before you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's right. And uh, I just am really lucky to, to be surrounded by such a great family, a supportive wife who is, 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 you know, awesome in her own right. And just such a great business mind in her own right. And, uh, and then just, you know, a a great friend group and a great network. I think, you know, having, having the heroes around you are, 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 you know, are, is is a great thing. It's a great, uh, it's a great outlook. Totally. No, and I respect that too. You know, I think that it's difficult as entrepreneurs, right. To be able to maybe curate that network sometimes, but man, when the, when it starts with the family, I think that it just is so much more of a solid building ground really, because if, if, if there's not chaos, if there's not discord, if there's not this battle, if you, if you will, in the family, then then there, it, it, it can be easier sometimes to build on relationships beyond that is my point. And so it sounds like you've been able to do that. So I'm going to dig in more on that here in a little bit, but tell us how you got started in the business. I mean, this is a super unique business. You guys are crushing it. You're international. Give us a little bit of the story, the journey up until now. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I really do think it started at home. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a big family. I'm the fourth of four boys. So, you know, relationships, friendships, my house was a character in and of its own. Right. And there was yeah. always people around. It was like always something going on. Yeah. I had some cool job or doing something. We had a band room in our basement, actually. And wow. so my, t- of, of my three older brothers, two of them were drummers. My dad was a drummer. My, my grandfather okay. was like a jazz and big band drummer too. Nice. And uh, we had this, we had a sound room in the basement and I would go downstairs, you know, it was, it was soundproof because, and any of any, any listener out there who's got a kid who has a drum set, you know, sometimes those panels or something, something to help kind of quell the, uh, the, the chaos is a little, little great, you know, to have in, in the, in the space. And I always wondered like, wow, we always have bands playing in this, in this house. And, you know, and I kind of had an idea of what my father did. He was an engineer for a company called Owens Corning. 
Okay. And yep. he developed, he was in product development, R and D, and then later worked with sales and, and, you know, kind of on the, on the, on the front end as kind of the face of the company. We had these panels up on the wall in the band room. And I was always saying like, wow, what is all this stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, you flash forward and I kind of had a better idea of like, oh, dad's company makes these things. Right. And I remember getting a, a Lenny Kravitz CD. I was in sixth grade and uh, I'm going through the liner notes. I'm flipping through it. I, it was for Christmas. My cousin gets me this CD. My dad says, let me take a look at that really quick. And I flipped through the liner notes and he goes, you see that studio there? He goes, yeah, we did all the stuff in that, in that studio. That's, uh, that's Sony. And I was like, wow. wow. You know, and uh, so a few years later, I'm at business school. I come home from a summer from college and we say, hey, we need hands on this one project site. And uh, so I never worked on an install. I had, I had worked in kind of food service and, you know, sure. valiant cars and stuff like that, golf courses. And uh, so I'm like the gopher on the job site, the low man, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. running around getting coffee, getting yelled at. <laughs> my brothers are up there. They're hanging paddles. My dad's there. And, um, but it was a veterinary's office. It was these really high vaulted ceilings. And we started bringing these materials in and immediately like the room transformed. I mean, we, wow. in two days, change this room from a complete echo chamber, you know, into like this really what felt like a small intimate environment. And wow. that's what it was kind of like this watershed moment where I was like, whoa, this is actually what we do. Yeah. And so when, when I finished business school, my, my father had kind of consolidated everything that was going on with, with the previous company that he had before. And I saw it as a great opportunity. I wanted to build sound studios and kind of continue on that journey. And yeah. I saw there a lot, you know, there was, there was a lot of parallels into what he had been doing in previous projects and a previous companies. And we decided to start our own thing. And so that, you know, led to us just kind of, you know, we had a really kind of conservative growth model. We didn't want to be what he would characterize as the dog that caught the Cadillac, right? Yep. You know, you, would it be great to two X and three X or 10 X in one year? It would be, but you know, do you have the systems and the infrastructure in place? Right. right? And so we That's created a platform where later my older brothers then came back, they had gone and done, done their own things. They'd started other companies, been working in sales and we created a platform for them to come back. And then, you know, the family kind of grew into an extended family where we started adding PMs opening yeah. other offices and, and really kind of created a, what we felt was, a, you know, a, a platform to scale it to a larger size operation. Yeah. Incredible. Like you had the insight or maybe even foresight to be able to see what your dad was doing, but see it to see it bigger. Also too, just real quick. I, I don't know if I've heard someone else put maybe it in language, but I felt it as soon as you said like the sustainable growth model, basically. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've talked about this on the show as well as with, plenty of mastermind members, but it's like, look, man, 10 X hundred X, like let, let's do it. Like growth solves everything, right? Sure. Like I'm all about it, but I also want to be around in a hundred years. Maybe not me personally, but I love the brand, my children, someone else. Like, like, am I just doing this to make money or is this like a thing? Cause if I, if I want it to be a thing that lasts a long time, <clears throat> there's just some like principles that we got to work through. And some of those things can't be rushed. And if they are rushed, it destroys the very thing that you're trying to create. So I just love that perspective. Has that been true all these years of you guys built, build the business like this? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it really has been because we've, I, you know, I think that that metered growth is something that both, you know, it, it allows you to, and I, I love, and I've heard this said on, on the pod before this, the statement, but 
you know, sometimes we're all kind of building, what is it? Building your ship as you're at sea, right? right? Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and these changes as entrepreneurs, you know, the, you know, they're, they're, they're critical, a, a larger company, you know, this, these big battleships that kind of move very slowly, right. They can make million dollar mistakes, right. They can kind right. of go into like this debt valuation and, you know, it, it, like we don't really operate. I, I, at least I don't, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but we don't operate by that, that same set of rules. You know, we have to yeah. kind of make critical decisions. And for us, it's been, you know, a, a way where we can implement the processes and not get too big and, and, you know, grow to a point where we're compromising then some of the efficacy, right. The, the, the solution and the actual good work that you can do. Right. Sure. Because, you know, if I, I know so many great carpenters that were really lousy accountants, right. And they tried right. to do it all. And yep. rather than, and maybe, maybe from an ego or maybe just a lack of knowledge standpoint, but yep. you know, you do have to rely on professionals and other folks to kind of bring in their expertise and like, kind of let the, 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 the all-stars shine at their value positions. Right. And that's, right. So that's, that's been something that I think we've, you know, kept really close, uh, you know, close to us in terms of how we're growing and making sure that we're not losing sight of doing, doing good work just to kind of, you know, scale at, you know, with innumerably. Right. Or, and also yeah. as another point too, if you set these really high standards of like, okay, we're going to this year, it's going to be three X growth from what's going on last year. Right. Well, if you don't hit that number, do you feel like it's kind of the year is somewhat of a failure or, you know, are, are you setting these expectations? You know, not to say don't set high expectations, but sure. also keep yeah. it, keep it real, you know, like be grounded and understand that, you know, you know, positive growth and, and metered growth is, is sustainable and is a great thing too. Yeah. I think it comes down to like the why of like, well, why, why? Right. And, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we set the un, what appears to be unrealistic targets based out of either that we just don't know. And we're just, we're just charging the hill sure. or out of, out of greed or out of, you know, just sheer ambition with no calculated, you know, you know, plan. And, and there's a level of that, like you got to have some ambition to be in business to begin with. So like we, we have this thing inside of us both as well as the listener. Right. But then there's the other side of it where you call it metered growth or this thing that builds something sustainable. And so I guess my question to in this off before we move on to the next topic is how do you personally, like, it sounds like you've curbed the the monster the the ambitious monster a little bit you've got him metered you got him put in check and we're and we're gotten this we got this systematic growth thing how do you how do you keep him alive inside the box if you will not to say that you put him in the box per se but but a little bit like he's in the box but he's still on fire how does that dynamic work yeah that's a great question the monster's definitely there so <laughs> <laughs> We got to kind of keep the, keep him in check certain times. You know, the, the, I, I think what we do is, is that we have certain, um, you know, we'll have certain like Bex for like the beginning of the year, right. We'll, we'll, we'll have, you know, our, our, our annual like kind of goals. And some of those are, you know, our add-ons that are going to be fun components, right. They're going to be right they're going to be a prize for a sale, like a, a sales goal, right? Like, we, like it's like prize driven and, and a positive, you know, environment that, that, you know, it might be a cost outlay that's going to be happening on, on the books, but it's something that it's like, it, it's, it's this wish list item that yeah, we've wanted to do for years. Right. And yep. then there's some boring stuff that we kind of keep up. Well, well, we're going to do, make sure that the 
IP portfolio is is rounded out here or now I I am excited by IP but you know I like but I'm like in it all the time right so right. for us it's like these little wish list items we try to remain understanding of of where it is our money is going and yeah. and understand that you know you you also have to kind of tell the why internally of like hey this is why we're we're putting this aside and this is this wish list item is going to be, you know, this is the fruit of your efforts. Right. Yeah. And, and we also like to take a look at that kind of macro level and step back and say, Hey, remember like five years ago, all of right. those wish list items happened. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's in the day to day, I think it's, it's, it's very easy for us to kind of get caught up and feel like we're kind of in some kind of minutia at, at times. But really, if you step back and say, man, you know, a year ago we were doing this and this, 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 and this got done, right? So X, yep. Y, and Z got done. And five years ago, goodness, like, can you even, you know, was, could you even have imagined it have been, you know, at this point? And so I think taking pause and, and then just, you know, feeding the monster a little bit, you know what I mean? You gotta, yeah. <laughs> can't gotta keep them alive. Them always, you gotta still keep, <laughs> keep rocking and rolling. So, yeah, it it's, I think it's an ever ending battle for all entrepreneurs, you know, probably more so for the other way. I think probably most listeners don't, don't know how to tame the beast <clears throat> enough or, or in a way that's productive enough, right? Like where you You've you've got this metered approach, which I think is just poised. It's mature. It's like, hey, look, it, it's it's a, it's almost like in alignment with delayed gratification. Like all these decisions that I've made as a youngster, but building businesses in my twenties, pour, pouring every last dime back into the businesses, buying real estate, like all of those decisions have led to cool things now in my thirties, and even way cooler things in my forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties that I'll be able to do right. with my kids and grandkids. And so I, it, it's the same. It's the same vein of like. Look, let's just do what's right. The 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 stuff will come, like whether it's physical material stuff or whether it's success, fame, you know, whatever. It's just do the right thing, do it for a long enough period of time, and it's inevitable, is is kind of what I'm picking up. Would you Absolutely. like to add anything? Absolutely. Motion to the ocean, maybe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. I want to know inside of these years that you've had for success, it looking back, is there a personality trait or characteristic trait? that you have that's unexpectedly kept you from success? Yeah. You know, I think, I think analysis paralysis and the want for perfection, right? Yeah, sure. You know, I think that a lot of times you, you know, especially in social media these days, you know, you may stop. Like I, I remember I hung up playing guitar, right? Because for years. And yeah. because, you know, not only was I not Eddie Van Halen, like right out of the gate. Right. And sure. and the expectation was like, what the, like, you yeah. know, I was also surrounded by guys when I was playing, you know, in, in, in bands and, you know, I, I was like around these like wonderkin prodigy kids, you know, and yeah. everyone's got their own intelligence, right. That, well, that, yeah. so it doesn't necessarily mean that I wouldn't, you know, can't get there or wouldn't have gotten there, but you know, I know what definitely won't get me there is hanging it up. Right. right. So, right. but managing the expectations, like, you know, if, if, if you want to get into just same, same for business, but if you wanted to get into health and fitness, you know, don't think you're going to get on the, the road and start running and you're going to be an ultra marathoner. It just doesn't work right. that way. And so you have to also, you know, I, I think that initially when I was younger, instead of that metered growth, I wanted 
immediate gratification and immediate results and kind right. of perfection out of the gate. Yep. And, you know, I'm, um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with being, you know, the white belt, <laughs> you yeah. know, and understanding that in, you know, to get to be a brown belt or a purple belt or a black belt, it takes time right. and, and it's a labor of love. And there's going to be certain things where your intelligences will accelerate that growth and you'll, you'll be, you'll, you'll be using quicker. Yeah. There are other things where you're just going to have to put in the hours, you know? So yeah. well said. Well said. What about a good, a good trait or a personality trait that you feel like has led you to right where you are? Just man, every successful person should do this or have this. I think that integrity, you know, if, if you're, if you can get up in the morning, look yourself in the mirror and go to bed at night and look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what I, I did, what I did today was good work. And, um, um, you know, the, the byproduct of that will be success, but you yeah. know, you have to be, you know, you have to be true to yourself and true to the work that you're doing. Know that no matter what task it is, you know, you can do it. You can do it. Well, it could be, you know, cleaning, <laughs> it could be cleaning your sink. You know what I mean? But like, right. don't have, don't, don't half step it because you know, you still got a dirty sink at the end of the five minutes that you spent. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's your choice, how you want to spend that time. Uh, for me, what's worked for me is just, you know, doing, doing good work first and then the success, the money, the, everything else will be a byproduct of that. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let's, let's parlay these, uh, this good and bad difference into our decision-making big part of the show here. Want to know of a good decision, especially if you can think of one early on where it, you can think back and just led you to success or this one decision kind of led to maybe a a domino of other decisions that led to success. What is it? Sure. So I had a client, a residential project years ago. This is around 10 or 11 years ago. And what ended up happening was this, it was, it was a client wanted a seamless 10 foot by 11 foot panel for a basement, like kind of like a media room, like a viewing yeah. room, right? Yeah. Had to be seamless. Now, you know, think about a 10 by 11 foot piece of artwork, right? We, we'd have right. to start knocking down walls and like, you can't prefabricate that. Right. And at that time we were doing just a lot of prefabricated material. And, um, you know, so I did some research and instead of just saying no out of the gate, I, I did a little research and I realized that we would have to learn a new trade and actually bring in a, a different type of system. So I talked to the architect, I talked to the client said, look, this is our timeline for being able to, yes, we can do it but this is the time we're going to need to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I ended up bringing another project manager carpenter out with me and, you know, we, we found the right products. We found the right fabrics, got all of that approved, did a little bit of acoustical analysis on the space. And then we trained on this new system and my team, like we, we did the installation in our shop before we even went to their site and wow. just to kind of do like a demo. Right. And, yeah. and then, you know, Flash forward around 10, 11 years later, that, that site built system accounts for around 20, 25% of what our, wow. our, our sales are. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was instead of kind of looking at it from, an, from either an immediate no standpoint or yeah. an ego standpoint, like, ah, oh, we just don't do this kind of a thing. We, we, you know, I looked at it as like, look, this is, this might open up a few different doors for us and kind of gives us a little more versatility. You know, we like to yeah. try to be like this, like Swiss army knife of, of like soundproofing and acoustics. Yeah. And this really rounded us out. So, 
So, you know, maybe it, to, to other folks out there listening, you know, maybe you can look to another angle, another product or another service that you can offer that kind of increases, you know, it's, it's not instead of what you're doing, but it's an addition right. to, yeah. and that was that, that for us really opened up a lot of doors and, and, you know, led to a lot of a downstream success. Yeah. Especially if you have people asking for it now, just because a customer asks for it doesn't mean that you should do it, Mm-mm. but I love, I love your answer there. It was hang on, let me look. Right. And you did some research and then you determined that it was a good fit. It wasn't the pressure of this person wants it, or I need this job. There's like this external, like, like we need to get this money somehow. And so we kind of like, you know, stumble through it. It was like, no, actually based on the research, I feel like this could really, like you said, round us out. I feel the exact same way, a similar, just 30 seconds here on the family mastermind cruise that we're doing later this year. It'd be our first one. We're going to probably open it up to about 20 families. It's going to be super limited, maybe more next year, but there's this theme that guys talk, talking to guys just like you for, I don't know, 240, 250 episodes now. And there's this theme of, man, I'm a high driver in my business. I want to be a high driver in my family. And man, I love those little guys and I love my wife, but I just kind of want to, I just, it's hard to bring it all together, you know? And so Mm -hmm. if I could facilitate something where it it literally enables family and marriage and business talk and family vacation, all in the same thing, I presented it to my wife and my wife was like, hallelujah, you know? Oh yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not masterminding with business owners. But it is. It's just right over here. And I felt like it rounded out exactly what it is our brand really is about, which is not just business, but the family, the marriage, like who you are as an individual being elite in all areas. And so mm-hmm. I just appreciate that that perspective, because I think if you can do that inside your business as a listener listening right now, it doesn't have to be <clears throat> something that you are pressured into. But if it, if it makes sense, if it's an alignment, you know, down years down the road, maybe it's 25% of your income. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go to a bad decision. Something that you did that, you know, just it did it, it didn't end well at all. And you're vulnerable enough to share it with us. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to, I had to go through the, you know, there's a laundry list of, of a few of these. I think every, you know, the common theme of, of that jumps out to me when I was when thinking about this. So we, we like everything is about process and lack of process. Any bad decision we've made, it, it started with good intentions. And it yeah. usually the, 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 the break point was not having a system in place to, to kind of adapt. So yeah, particularly one that jumped out to me was, is we had this project database tool we invested in for design build projects. So, you know, there, there, are, there's two, there's tenant improvement, there's, you know, kind of buildings that exist that have issues where we got to come in. And then there's, you know, buildings that don't exist yet. And so we wanted to get a little more years back. We wanted to get a little more involved in, in those projects. And we signed up for this really bell and whistle service. And, you know, we got all these seats and it's a, this, you know, big investment on our end. And, you know, it was every, initially it was everybody's job, which means it was nobody's job. Right. right. And we never built in that. You no, know, it was like a fancy gym membership, right? We bought it yeah. and we paid for the whole year, but we yeah. never went. And Dang. then we started pointing fingers and saying, well, you know, we're, why are we not get? why do we not see gains, bro? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, we weren't just using it, you know, and it's just like, yeah, you can, you can have the membership, right. But you got to do the work and you know, luckily we pivoted pretty quickly and, and within, yeah. you know, as we evaluated at the first like kind of quarter, we were signed up for this year and we were like, look, we got to make, you know, 
we got to put some hours in on this thing, everyone. And we have to start kind of start as, as you know, our weekly or bi-monthly kind of meetings, we got to like, start to like follow up and create an accountability stream on like, okay, whose projects are these, where are we assigning them and what's the process. And so it ended up being something that we were able to, you know, initially it was, it was a disaster. So, you know, and it was all relating to process, you know, just not having one. Yeah. We had an in-person mastermind here at my house back in November and there's, there's a gentleman in our gathering, the Kings group, he'll, he's a big GC, probably 400 million or so in revenue. Awesome. And he said this, he said, a process can usually always be traced back to a problem. <laughs> and you created 100%. the process because you had this big old problem and, uh, but that's okay. Sometimes you can catch them ahead. You can, you can predict, right? Like what the problem is going to be. So you'll create the process, but a lot of times it's based on the problem. And so his point was to go back and review often, because when you can pinpoint those problems, then you can then create the process for the future. So it doesn't happen again, because in essence, you're an idiot. If you keep repeating the same problem over and over and over again, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said Especially it in a project-based awesome. business like yours. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're, and, and that, that's a great, it, it creates a, a great opportunity. You know, those, those problems, you can look at them as, um, you know, when you can, you can be upset about them, but, you know, really looking at it and just trying to kind of create an opportunity and just looking, sometimes it doesn't, it's not a full sale pivot, you know, 180, right. It's just a tweak or just an improvement that you can make. And, you know, so we looked at it rather than once we stopped yelling at each other for a little bit, we then, you know, said, okay, let's, let's figure out how we, how how do we make this kind of thing, you know, turn green for us and, and, and where, you know, let's just, let's talk about where the break point is and, and what happened. And then, you know, let's go from there. Let's move, let's, you know, make it a positive. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm going to go to our speed round here, Keith. I want to know a couple of different angled answers coming from, especially your experience here of being, being analytical, especially. So the first one being KPI driven, what's the most important KPI or the way I like to say it is if you could only pick one, like literally only pick one, what would it be? I love this question. This maybe is one of my favorites too. I think for us, it's got to be lead generation and conversion to us. You know, there there certainly is a certain amount of housekeeping, but getting in front of new clients and telling the story, you know, that, that to us is, is what's, what's really helped that steady growth. Yeah. Especially in a project-based business. Cause you know, you're going to get referrals on the back end, but the pipeline is the determination of your business. (laughs) 100%, 100%. I think a lot of guys try to live in a place, especially again, going just go project-based because I own some project-based businesses. And it's like in that, in that world, it's not that you don't have an amazing experience or that you don't ask for referrals. You, you do just the reality of it is, is that that lifetime or that, that the value isn't, isn't as long. And so what that immediately means as a sales guy is that you got to go back to the filling of the pipeline. And so I feel like that's where a lot of guys get caught in that project-based business is that they're trying to, like you said, do the best work, give the best experience, which is great. You should do that. But if you forget about the front end, you're quickly going to be left without anybody to do a good job for. (laughs) 100, man. All right. What book would you recommend for a business owner trying to grow their business here in 2023? There's so much gold out there. I got to say recently, it's been The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. I think- What's your takeaway? Yeah. You know, with kind of deploying- Stoicism as an OS, as Tim Ferriss would say, right? Yeah. I, 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 I can tend to be a higher EQ component of an individual at times. And I think, you know, just really kind of trying to 
you know, some of the stories that, and, you know, like Teddy Roosevelt's story, I mean, just everybody listen to it or read it. And I, I love to get some feedback from other Kings and Queens out there. It's just, for me, it's been, it's, it's been just such a great centering, you know, focus. It's a part of just meditation, you know, prayer for me. I, I just look, I just really love stoicism and, and that doesn't mean de- complete detachment, right? That just means kind of just, you know, to me, it really means, you know, staying cool under pressure, understanding the wins right. and the losses and, and just, you know, operating, you know, operating, you know, with that as, as your, your kind of your OS. So. Yeah. I think, I think you actually described this exact thing pretty well a few minutes ago when you were talking about, you know, feeding the beast, taming the beast, this metered growth, this, that whole conversation that we had is exactly this. There's not like this, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't put him in the closet, right. And close the door and and then never let him out. And he's supposed to be on his best behavior and, and be all buttoned up and lined up all the time. But there's this ability to control circumstance or at least yourself in the circumstance. Would you agree with that? 100%, you know, and, and, you know, another great, you know, tie in would be like, you know, you can, I mean, right. I live living in Southern California, you know, you can get mad at the traffic. Like you, you can, <laughs> you can spend you can your drive, you <laughs> your drive. You can be cursing left and right and screaming at the, and honking, or, you know, you can just understand that that's, there's no real control that you have over that. That's um, right. And so you determine and you have the power on how you handle the externals in in your life and uh, once you once you realize that it's it's a lot easier it's a much more fun drive for me <laughs> that's right exactly well it becomes purposeful now because you you already have good expectations and you know how to not only manage yourself but now manage the actual time because you're going to have the hour <laughs> you might as well not spend it pissed you might as well just be productive and yeah, listen to can. gathering the kings podcast <laughs> 100% <laughs> All right, brother. My next question for you is about your family. I want to know what you've implemented over these years to have this family business. Like I'm obsessed about both dynamic. Yeah. You know, it's a great question. I think that the balance, you know, having grown up with serial entrepreneurs from, from my family, that managing that balance, just like you were talking about with, you know, the upcoming cruise, you know, this, this is about uh, entrepreneurship to me is about freedom. And sometimes it's not just the freedom to make a buck, right? It's the freedom to maybe take your kids to school, right. And, or maybe have, and right. And, and uh, that time, time is, is, is really at the end of the day, all we have, we can create comfort from, from, you know, the money and the money is a byproduct and a a great byproduct at that. Um, But I think, you know, valuing the time and then just kind of understanding and, and really having, you know, an appreciation, you know, you know, an attitude of gratitude, right. You know, you're just kind of always, always really thankful, staying humble, staying thankful for what you got and, and understanding the time and, and, you know, those, those hangs together, that's a real crystallized moment in time. You know what I mean? And and so we're always really thankful around the Barkman household, you know, just for, for the time that we get together. So. Yeah, you're right. Cause the time is what makes the difference for the entrepreneur who doesn't make the time or doesn't feel like he has the time. It's because he probably doesn't value the time that much. And that was really what it was for me, I guess, is just that putting it on the calendar or, you know, making it an obsession equal to my business. It was like, okay, no, I actually had to stop saying it was and and do, do the time, you know? So uh, appreciate your perspective on that. I got one last question here for you. 
Keith, if you could, if you could whisper in the younger Keith's ear, what would you say, man? Doesn't have to be perfect. You're doing all right. And it doesn't have to be perfect, man. Just get out there and do what it is that you know you want to do. And I think again, you know, just kind of don't focus on analysis paralysis, just get out there and do it. And you're doing all right, kid. Just, just stay at it. (laughs) I love it, man. Such encouraging words to a a younger you and me, so many others too, I'm sure, especially for those that are out there that fall into that uh, perfectionism, that high standard. It's not about lowering it. It's about giving yourself freedom just to go for it. Just go for it. Just jump. Absolutely. Oh, and start running and lifting earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You don't have to invest in a Microsoft and a Tesla. And (laughs) yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those two. The, uh, the the back to the future, you know, <laughs> the, the sports book or whatever. No, I, I think, I just think it's, you know, just not being, don't, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get out there and, and do it. I love it. Keith, you've been incredible. How can the listener find you? Obviously you guys do business commercial residential across the country and even internationally now. So if, if they need your services, how can they find you? Or if they're just an entrepreneur, they want to reach out, pick your brain, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find, well, my company, Sound Management Group, you can find it at soundmanagementgroup.com. Our Insta is Sound Management Group LLC. You can find me on LinkedIn, Keith Barkman, B-A-R-K-M-A-N. I'm on a bunch of the other socials too, but you know, give me a shout if you have any questions. I'd love to connect and uh, thank you so much for this opportunity, Chaz. I really do appreciate it. And it's uh, an honor and a privilege, man. Well, you're, you're welcome. I, I'm the one that needs to thank you for dropping nuggets on us and the encouragement as well as just being, being real, man. I, I appreciate just a good story, but, but your story is one of, I think that metered growth that you talked about is just such a, a beautiful way to say it. And I just really respect it, honestly, because your company is going to be around and around and around and around because of the decisions that you've made and are continuing to make. And so it's going to be fun to run with you, brother. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you for pouring into the audience. We bless you and your family and good luck in 2023. You too, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.